What's up, besties? Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Tu, aka Your Rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. And honestly, today I'm here to talk about something that has been frustrating me and making me really mad for a long, long time. So when I wake up in the mornings, uh, the first thing I typically do is post my daily piece of short form video content. And I'll post it on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, everywhere. And something that happens as soon as I post these videos, like very, very soon after, is there's just an influx of comments from bots. You'll see at symbols and hashtags that are like trade FX with Tyler, hashtag wealth with Katrina, Brittany teaches you how to trade. Like there's just so many crazy names. And then on top of that, there are certainly dozens of people on every single platform who have somehow stolen my headshot and are impersonating me. And it's really, really annoying because I obviously know that these are scammers. All of my accounts are verified. I have a blue check, whatever. But I get really nervous that the BFFs are going to fall for these scams. So today we are going to participate in my favorite pastime and frankly, every single person I know's favorite pastime. We are going to trash talk. We are going to trash talk the biggest scams in the financial arena. And I'm going to tell you why they're scams, how we're going to avoid them, and in some cases, what you should be doing instead. So let's get to it. First and foremost, we're going to talk about Ponzi schemes and MLMs. These are the classic scam. And when you think Ponzi scheme, a couple names are coming to mind immediately. People like Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. You're thinking of Bernie Madoff. And yes, it's essentially where you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. And you're essentially taking money from new investors to pay old investors saying like, oh, look, I've made the money grow. When in reality, you've been spending the money and you are actually less well off than you were when you started whatever you were doing this business. And the flip side of that is not necessarily the flip side. The, I would say, basic pumpkin spice latte version of that is the MLM. And MLM stands for multi-level marketing. And it's a very controversial marketing strategy that involves individuals selling products to the public, often through word of mouth or through direct sales. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. What makes it so controversial is that while the individuals peddling these products do get paid to sell items like 
cheap leggings or supplements and low quality skincare, they get paid more to recruit others into the sales force. And I am sure every single person listening has encountered something along these lines. It typically happens. It's like the girl that was not nice to you in high school, she will send you a message on Facebook Messenger because she doesn't have your number and she doesn't actually like know you at all. But she'll hit you up and she'll be like, hey boss babe, like do you want to make money from home and only work eight hours a week? And it just sounds so, so amazing, but it's kind of all a farce. And here's why. The leader of the MLM, the multi-level marketing scheme, recruits people to sell the product. We'll call them A Squad. And then A Squad gets paid to sell product and recruit others. And they'll recruit their friends and family and we'll call them B Squad. A Squad is stoked because they're getting paid good money to recruit B Squad and they're getting a commission from all of the products B Squad sells and further commission from any sellers B Squad recruits, aka C Squad. And this keeps going on and on and on until we're at letter Z of the alphabet. And while the folks at the top of this MLM pyramid, the A Squad and the leader, whatever, they might see strong results, they make money, this definitely isn't the case across the board. According to the Federal Trade Commission, in a report that studied the business models of three 350 MLMs in the US. At least 99% of people who join MLMs lose money. Lose money. Not even just break even, like lose money. And a big part of this is because they have to buy the product themselves and take on low quality inventory that doesn't sell. So when they can't sell the stuff, they think, oh, I just should recruit more people. And this literally becomes this massive snowball until the entire business model falls apart. So the net net takeaway from this is that if something seems too good to be true, it likely is. And if a company's business model is based more on recruiting more members than actually selling the product, you should proceed with caution. So again, if someone is recruiting you or attempting to get you to buy into their MLM, I would just firmly and politely decline because again, as we learned, for 99% of people, it's not a smart financial decision. Up next, we're going to talk about payday loans. So payday loans, if you don't know, these are short-term loans that a lot of folks have used to cover emergencies and bridge gaps between payday and when bills like rent and utilities are due. And I want to cover payday loans because right now a lot of Americans are in a position that they may not have necessarily been in in the past. I think we've seen some headlines that have said people who make over $100,000, more and more of them are living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, what about the rest of the community that is making less than that. They have had it very hard for a very long time and we need to understand that oftentimes the amount of money that they're making every single month is not covering their basic necessities. So how are these people choosing to bridge that gap? Oftentimes people turn to payday loans and I absolutely hate and I mean hate these because they prey on lower income folks who don't have many options and need cash in a rush. And they're essentially preying on this desperation of the modern day consumer. Payday loans are a predatory lending practice that will charge insanely high interest rates. So say you're like, oh, I don't get paid until next Tuesday, but I need to make rent. Like, can you lend me the money for a week? They are going to charge you a crazy astronomical rate, like 10% just to borrow that money for seven days. It is 
nuts. And without stating the obvious, these high interest rates make it a lot harder for folks to actually pay these loans back. So people who take out these payday loans often get locked into an ongoing cycle of, oh, I need this money, so I'm going to take out a payday loan. And oh, by the time that I need to pay this payday loan off, I don't have the money, so I need to take out another payday loan. And this just grows and grows and grows until the payday loan company basically owns your life. And at that point, the closest thing I can compare it to is that taking on these payday loans leads you into almost a squid game situation where you're going to have to choose dangerous jobs or make dangerous choices to be able to pay off that debt. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. So what I actually recommend if you really need money and you don't think you can make a certain bill by a certain date is getting a personal loan with a lower interest rate than a payday loan from your bank or local credit union. It's kind of good, bad, and ugly, right? The ugly is choosing a payday loan, which is incredibly predatory, is gonna charge a super high interest rate for a very short period of time. The bad is just putting that charge on your credit card because credit cards are known to have very high interest rates if you cannot pay your balance and full each month. And the good is choosing a personal loan. Certainly it's still scary to take on debt when you can't make ends meet, but a personal loan is going to have a much lower interest rate. And if you work with your bank or a credit union, these are much more reputable lenders than going to a payday loan company. So I just recommend you guys stay away from those. Number three on the list, let's talk about an app that I know every single one of you probably uses, Venmo. I have to tell you guys the scariest story, and I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you guys, but back in college, I had a girlfriend that received $3,000 deposited to her on Venmo. And she was stoked. She was like, oh, where is this money coming from? Who is this, you know, who's paying me? What is this for? Maybe I did something and I like did a job or worked on a project that I don't remember, but like, what am I being paid for? And the person who sent her the money ended up sending her a message and saying, hey, I'm so sorry. I accidentally sent this to the wrong person. Can you send it back. And this honestly breaks my heart to this day, but my girlfriend being so kind and thoughtful and honest did it. She sent that $3,000 back to that random stranger, just assuming that she had been sent it by accident. And what ended up happening was that eventually the $3,000 she sent to that random stranger went into that stranger's account. But the initial $3,000 she had been sent was removed from her account when Venmo essentially got wind of the fact that the victim's bank account had been hacked. And what these scammers do is that they use stolen credit cards or bank account information to transfer innocent strangers' money. And then they contact these people and say, hey, I'm so sorry, I sent this money to the wrong place. Will you send it back? But when you send it back, that is your money leaving your account. However, that money that they had initially sent you will be taken away. So you will be out that money that you sent them. This is so 
so scary to me because one, I'm not going to stop using apps that make it really easy for me to send and receive money from my friends, right? I love the convenience. But this is something that could happen to anybody. And I'd like to think all of my friends and all of the BFFs listening are genuine, honest people. And you might easily fall for this thinking someone else is very stressed that they sent that money to the wrong place. But I want to reassure you that these days, apps like Venmo have certain guardrails in place, essentially, where if you're sending money to someone new for the first time, you have to be able to enter the last three digits of their cell phone number. And if you don't know them, then they're going to warn you and say, hey, this might be the wrong person. So this innocent act of sending money to the wrong person should be happening less and less frequently. And if someone does make that mistake and sends you money, you should contact Venmo with that person and see what they can do to resolve the issue instead of just randomly sending that money back. Because at the end of the day, this is a stranger. You don't know them. You can't trust them. Do not take anybody at their word. Play it safe. Contact the actual app, company, whatever itself, and just make sure that this person isn't scamming you out of hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. I know my girlfriend really, really regrets that moment. She cried over that money. And frankly, she did not have $3,000 to spare. Fortunately, these days, she does not need that money. She's very, very well off. She's doing great for herself. She hasn't probably given it much more thought, but it's something that stuck with me for a really long time as we continue to use these apps. And I want you guys to protect yourselves as we are in this digital age. Up next, we need to talk about something that I have been seeing going absolute gangbusters viral across social media. And it is so icky to me. Oftentimes when I post content about, oh, make sure that you are investing in your 401k or, you know, opening up a Roth IRA and buying investments in those accounts, I'll certainly get a couple people commenting on the content saying, oh, well, you could make so much more money by investing in life insurance. And what about infinite banking? Pay yourself, family bank, like all of these like weird triggers words, but it's all just a guise of trying to sell whole life insurance. And a lot of people don't know what that is, so I'm just going to break it down really quick and explain why it's not a great idea. So there's largely two main types of life insurance, one called term life insurance. This is the one that you're probably thinking of. You pay money so that when you and die, your family gets a payout to help them along. It's very simple. Term life insurance has a death benefit. On the other hand, there's something called whole life insurance, which has a similar death benefit. So when you die, your family gets money, but also has an investment component that allows its value to grow over time. And up to this point, you're like, okay, Viv, where's the scam? This sounds awesome. This is where it comes in. A lot of scammers on social media are selling whole life insurance or IULs or MPIs or whatever they want to call them as great investments for everyone. But in reality, these are only good investments for ultra high net worth folks because the upfront fees are so high. In fact, MetLife actually ran a study that determined that an average 30-year-old male would pay $8,320 a year for whole life insurance, whereas they would pay $672 a year for 20 years of term life insurance. Eight Gs versus 600 bucks. For the average person, the money that would be required for the upfront costs of whole life would be much better invested in the stock market. You'd see meaningfully higher returns. And for all the times that whole life insurance is touted as an amazing investment, it's missing an important caveat in that it only makes sense if you already have a lot of money 
money because the premise of the quote-unquote investment portion of whole life insurance is that it is a way to protect your wealth. It is what people in the industry called wealth preservation. It's not really seen as this massive growth opportunity. And I hate to be the one to say this, but back in our parents' day, they could work their hard nine to five job, come home to their two and a half kids, golden retriever, white picket fence home and preserve the wealth that they worked hard to earn and they'd be able to retire. But in our generation, if we are not also doing all of those things, working very hard, you know, trying to level up in our careers, make a bunch of money, we also need to be putting our money to work because our incomes are not keeping pace with the cost of living. So if we are not putting our money into the stock market, if we are not actually seeing growth, we will not be able to retire. So wealth preservation doesn't work unless you already have a lot of wealth. So whole life insurance does not make sense for everyone. It, for the most part, only makes sense for people who already have a lot of money. Do not buy into what you're seeing on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or whatever. Do not let someone sell you whole life insurance as an investment. You'd be a lot better off just buying a term life insurance policy so that your family can be taken care of in case something happens to you and investing the rest of your money. And last but not least, I want to talk about a quote unquote scam that we typically do not even realize until it's already happened. Identity theft. Sure, there are tons of things you can do to prevent and try to protect yourself from identity theft, such as storing your important documents in a safe place, not sharing personal financial or, you know, sensitive information over the phone or through the mail or whatever, monitoring your credit and shredding receipts, making sure that you're opting out of pre-screened offers, using a strong password, and, you know, wiping any sort of uh, electronics of your personal data before you try to resell them or gift them or get rid of them. But identity theft still happens. And when people have this happen to them, they are typically paralyzed with fear. So I do want to talk a little bit about what you should do if you have been a victim of identity theft and a financial scam. First things first, you should file a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission at identitytheft.gov. They're gonna help you create a personal recovery plan, track your progress, and pre-fill forms and letters for you. It sounds amazing because yes, the government does not want you to have your identity stolen. Identitytheft.gov. Two, you're going to contact your financial institutions. That means your banks, your credit card companies, and you're going to close any accounts that you didn't open. You can call them and say, hey, have any new accounts been opened in the last you know, 90 days? They'll be able to share that information with you. Or if you're more of a visual person, you can check your mobile banking apps or online on your desktop. Three, you are going to contact the IRS and you're going to mail or fax form 14039 to the IRS. What this does is prevent any future tax returns being submitted using your information. Because what a lot of scammers try to do is they steal your identity, they file a tax return for you, and then they take that refund and hightail it out of town with your money. So make sure to mail or fax form 14039. And last but very, very not least, contact one of the three major credit bureaus to place a fraud alert on your credit accounts. So if you want to contact Equifax, 
works, it's 1-800-525-6285. If you want to contact Experian, it's 1-888-397-3742. And if you want to contact TransUnion, it's 1-800-680-7289. I'm also going to make sure that this is in the details of the episode in case you are more of a visual learner. And again, I want to say that when this happens to people, they get very paralyzed with fear, but you don't want to get this paralysis by analysis, not knowing what to do next. It's obviously super scary to feel like your personal info has been stolen and scammers are getting more and more clever, but acting really quickly is key to getting back your financial footing and it's going to help undo a lot of the harm as quickly as possible. And with that, I want to wrap up this episode with three major takeaways. One, if it feels too good to be true, it probably is. Do not fall for something like that. It only reminds me of, this is is like a really niche reference, but Charlie the Unicorn where he's like, oh, we're going to Candy Mountain and then like he gets his kidney stolen. Yeah, like that's that's what that is. So do not get duped if something sounds too good to be true. Two, do not trust strangers on the internet. Stranger danger, just the same way that you would not get into somebody's van in real life if you did not know them. Do not trust randos on the internet. And three, if you are a victim of a scam, acting quickly is going to help you get your financial footing back as soon as possible and do not let this fear of what could be stop you from making a plan to fix things. Thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to talk with you guys next week. Bye! Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at YourRichBFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye!